Welcome back to another episode of High and Wide. I'm your host, Angry Jim, here as always with Kyle and Jack. Kyle and Jack, how are you guys? I am just fine. Kyle, repeat what you said. I feel like it was going to be something. What was it? What the fuck? All I said was, what's up, everybody? (laughs) I feel like you had a smart (laughs) remark. I didn't. Oh, okay. Just that you're awesome, and I'm so happy to be back on the show with Angry Jim. We did miss you last week. Weird week last week, Thanksgiving week. Hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Nice and full and got all your dumb shopping done. And now you can listen to us again. Uh, yeah, so let's start out. The Flyers had a pretty uh, awesome week, pretty awesome month last month. Uh, they had points in 14 of 16 games. Wow. Uh, league high, 24 points, tying a Flyers record for points in November. Uh, currently third place in the Metro. Only three teams have more points in the conference and the Bruins and Capitals with 43 points and the New York Islanders with 36, just one point ahead of the Flyers who have 35. Uh, let me see. Let me get all my good stuff out of the way here. This way, the rest of the show can be a clusterfuck. Uh, six game point streak that I don't know if, is anybody really bringing that up? You know, six games in a row. They, they have a point. It should really be six-game winning streak because they gave that game away against Calgary last Saturday. But, you know, uh, we'll keep this one positive because there's a lot of positive things to talk about. Um, Kyle, we haven't heard from you in, in a little while. So, I'll ask, you know, let's get to you first. I mean, the Flyers, a, a record-tying November, a 3-0 and undefeated week. What do you think about this Flyers team, dude? I'm not used to it, that's for sure. I'm pretty sure... I'm thinking of how many wins from this point do we need to try to climb back into the playoff race, usually. <laughs> but uh, this year, it seems we're already in the playoff race, already in a playoff spot. It's it's a perspective I'm not quite used to, to be honest. That doesn't feel real. Like, I, like I'm excited. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it just feels like, you know, can I tr- can we trust this team yet? That's the, that's the kind of feeling that I get. I'm ready to be all on board, but it's kind of like, you know, are, are they going to are they for real? You know, and we're coming into December now. Um, Jack, your thoughts on the Flyers record tying uh, league leading points for the month of November. I'm sorry, December. Oh, wait, was I right in November? I yes, shouldn't have sm- Did I smoke before this show? I don't know. You did disappear for a while, but I'll take you <laughs> here, Jim. Uh, yeah, the uh, November record's fun and great and all, but um, I don't know. The bar's kind of low. <laughs> it's, this month has beaten the shit out of the Flyers, especially in recent memory. Uh, however, they did play a lot of games. If they played 16 games in November, that means that they played a game every other day and they even had like a three-in-a-row game stretch. Like, I know that's not how it actually worked out, but that's how many games they played. Um, I don't think that we should be talking about their six-game point streak because when you put them up against the Islanders' like 16-game point streak, it's kind of just cute. You know, it's not, it's not like important like what the Islanders are doing right now. However, one stat I do see that I really like and I haven't seen since literally Dave Haxtell took over the team is they are plus seven in goal differential. Seeing them in the green in this, at least this far into the season in this category is mind-blowing to me. 
We are never this high. We have too many blowout losses to be in the green at all. So we are a plus seven right now. We are in third place in our division against two really good teams uh, in Washington and the Islanders who are ahead of us. And the point differential isn't all that bad. Or the Washington is pretty sick. But, you know, it's still early. And everybody seems to be coming around. I mean, the goaltending's there. Even Elliott, like, as a backup, has been fantastic. Uh, the defense is coming through. Proveroff, Niskanen with his broken face, just saying, yeah, it's not I'm as not bad there. as it looks. Like, I mean, who doesn't love that? And with the with Morgan Frost and Farabee and, you know, Lindblom and Jake's picking it up and all that shit, like, it is a really great time to be watching the Flyers right now. And I have to knock on wood, hoping that I didn't just buy in a little bit waiting for those wheels to come off, but I'm not ready. I'm not, I'm also at the same time, not going to completely buy in until I see them do to Pittsburgh, what Pittsburgh did to us. Like that's a big thing. You know? Yeah. Okay. We beat Columbus. We beat the uh, devils. Those teams suck. I need them to beat Washington in regulation. I need them to beat the Islanders. I need them to beat Pittsburgh. Those are the three teams that I'm gunning for. So when they, at least show they belong on the same ice as those teams, then I'll start to really come around. But, however, these points are going to matter down the stretch, so I couldn't be happier with the past week we just had, especially that win against Montreal, because I have a feeling, and I've said this before, we're going to be neck and neck with that team if we're trying to catch a wild card spot. I think that team's going to be right there with us. So so this, this pass for better, and I hope we get the same thing moving forward. Yeah, I mean, uh, an undefeated week. You know, I know, granted, they played Columbus, Detroit, Montreal. And we'll we'll touch on these games a little bit. Um, you know, the, the road win against Columbus was their first win in regulation in Columbus in 14 years. Is that correct, guys? Is that what I heard? I Yes, I believe that's true. And also, Detroit has not won in Philly since 97. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean... Uh, Honestly, I, I didn't know that it's been 14 years since they've won in regulation in Columbus. I mean, Columbus hasn't been exactly a strong team for the last 14 years. So that, that seemed a little bit weird to me. But, you know, they went down there the first time this year and, and they pulled out a, a regulation win, which, you know, I, I'm not going to get overly excited about it. But the I'm, the last couple weeks, we've been talking about how, you know, this team has had trouble finishing games in regulation they go down to a, a barn where they haven't won in regulation 14 years, and they come out with a W. Regardless of who the team was, it, it's hard for me to you know, put any kind of knock on that. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, it has to feel good as a player to erase something like that. It's got to make you feel good uh, leaving that uh, arena, heading into the next game. Um, I can't remember. I think that's the only game I missed this week. Uh, did you guys see that one? I saw the entire Columbus game. How'd they look? Uh, to be honest, they... Oh, let me pull this up real quick. It was a while ago. I mean, from what I remember... I can't pull it up. They uh, they went down early. Is that the right game, or am I thinking of the Vancouver game? Oh, no, shit. I, I can't oh, did you watch that game? No, they were losing. I, I, I watched... I watched part of the first period at the bar, so kind of, and then I was uh, pretty toasted by the time I got home, so I don't really <laughs> remember much of it. <laughs> no, I had to uh, refresh my memory 
But, uh, yeah, they were down after the first period, and I was a little down on them. But then it was all flyers the rest of the way. Uh, they owned the second period. Not much happened in the third, and they were able to close it out. It got a little tight towards the end there. Uh, not much happened on the power play. Uh, we, uh, you, I will say they had one power play that did not score. We had five, but we did get a goal. Um, but, yeah, they, they just they came out a little slow, uh, but then they just took over the rest of the game, the second and third and especially in the second and but but the this was like one of the first games outside of vancouver where they were finally able to protect the lead so they protected the lead against vancouver they did it against columbus and you know the other two games had a different story but it, it was so good to see them finally do that where against um cal uh yeah calgary they blew it uh and then previous you know then you had the islanders debacle before that and you know it was good to see them actually get a lead and hold it and I told you, they took that lead in the second period, which means that for the entire third period, they held that lead. So great to see. Goaltending was fantastic. The defense was fantastic. I mean, to be honest, I like the Vancouver game more because they held them to so little amount of shots. But they still got the W. And the, the best thing, that Detroit game, as bad as they're playing, is a trap game, a typical trap game against the Flyers. They finally did what we were expecting them to do. They routed them. Six to one, they won that game. Yeah, and, and let's talk about that game a little bit because I actually I did get to watch that entire game. Uh, and, you know, the score I don't think indicated the way the game was played. It could have been a lot different. The score could have been a lot different, I think, if it wasn't for uh, Carter Hart, who made some, some huge saves in that game. Uh, was it the first period, if I can remember off the top of my head here, where the Flyers, you know, they came out kind of sluggish? And then they, they kind of picked it up in the second and the third, and they, they, they did what they kind of do. They When they dominate periods, they really dominate. Like, uh, the other teams have very few scoring chances, uh, and the Flyers pretty much control the play. Uh, Kyle, in, in that Red Wings game, what did you see? Because uh, it didn't feel like a 6-1 to game until that third period, I thought. Yeah, again... The Flyers in their first periods, man. I'll tell you what. I'll take the slow first periods and the second and the third domination that they've been doing over the we're going to play in the first and not play in the second and the third. But it, it did seem a bit like they were getting in their own way in the first period, if that makes sense. And then it seemed like kind of it started clicking on all cylinders for them. And then come third, they were just like, yeah, we're going to run away with this and there's nothing anybody's going to do about it. You know, it was a huge goal, and I don't think it can be said enough, is that Sean Couturier goal to close out the second. What was it? The uh, It was right at the end of the second, I believe, right? Where, oh, yeah. It swung the momentum completely in our favor. Oh, yeah. If you're a team like Detroit and you get scored on, like, dude, the way Detroit came out after that goal – has been the Flyers for the last three, four years, right? You know, they're, they're down two goals heading into the, you know, they're playing their asses off. They could go into the locker room and tell themselves, hey, we're only down one. All we got to do is pot one and it's anybody's game. When Cooch scores that goal, it completely crushed that team. And, and, yeah. and then they come out in the third. And I think Hayes got one pretty early in the third, right? I think it was Hayes. So all of a sudden, I mean, you could have easily went into intermission Opened up the third down two to one. Just like that, it's a 4-1 game. You know, and no, the game is I, basically over. 
I totally agree with you. It's so typical of what we've seen from the Flyers in the Haxel Hexel era. With 12 seconds left in the second period, a two to one game becomes a three to one game, and you're like, okay, maybe they'll they'll figure something out in intermission and come out strong. They come out dead, um, and Hayes scored under 30 seconds into that third period. Now it's four to one. You only you got only one period left. Suddenly it seems completely out of reach, you know. And it was awesome to be on the other end of that for a change. That's and, and then it was. Definitely out of reach because less than 30 seconds later, Oscar Lindblom scores. <laughs> like the, it's like exactly, it's like the air of the balloon just was let out. It's like we, whatever little they had left going into that third was taken out, and then Lindblom just put the final nail in the coffin. And JVR only scored just to, you know because he hadn't scored in 30 games. How about that? A couple guys I mean, scored now. <laughs> Ghosty got one in that game too. Well, hold on, Kyle. Yeah. How was Ghost's performance yep. in that game besides the goal? He was fucking garbage, dude. He, and the goal wasn't even him. He just flipped it, and it just happened to pinball into the net. It's not like he freaking scored a beauty of a goal. Just freaking flipped it. If I, I swear to God, listen, Ghost pisses me off so bad because every single time he goes into a corner with somebody, I know he's not coming out of the corner with the puck. You know, I just know he's so he's such a liability that for him to be worth it offensively, he's got to do a lot. So the fact that he's doing nothing, I mean, concerning's not even the word. You know, I mean, you ask me what I trade him, and my first reaction is like, no, no, I don't want to trade him because I don't want him to figure it out with another team. But every game I watch now, it's kind of like. His defense is so bad that, like, is I don't it, think he's going to figure it out. Exactly. I, I think he might pick it up offensively, but he ain't figuring it out defensively. And it's like, contract's good for now, but if that adds to his value, depending on the deal, am I more likely to pull the trigger today than I was yesterday? Yeah. And that's with him scoring a goal because, like you said, Kyle, perfectly, he was the worst defenseman on the team. And that's against the Red Wings, who are terrible. So, I mean, I hate to, you know, rain on the parade here, but Ghost? <laughs> All I got to say is defensemen, I can't even say it without laughing. Defensemen like him don't grow on trees, okay? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't, they don't grow on trees at all because it's more of a shrubbery. The little fuck can't get out of his own zone. A little shrubbery. Yeah, but, but it's true. It's true. It's like a forward playing defense, you know, it's, it's, and you, but it's everything that you'd expect. The offense is there, but the defense is not. And with Ghost's case, the offense is barely there. Like just hit the net and we consider it a win. So, but the people who like Ghost will look at this game and be like, boy, he scored. Did he actually watch though? Because defensively, he still has issues. A lot of issues. And if our goaltending was as bad as it's been in recent history, the score is a lot different. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, a goal is a goal, but uh, I'm not sure if a goal like that really does anything for his his confidence because he was trying to flick it in front of the net. I think it went off uh, a Detroit player and went in something like that. 
So it like it wasn't well, as Kyle said, it, it hit all sorts of shit and just found its way in it. Yeah. So I'm not sure if like that's really a confidence building goal or not. I mean, I know it. It's a feel good feeling for him on the ice and you know things like that. I think it came right after his um, statements he made. You know about uh, you know playing more confidently and things like that. Uh, I think that was his first game back after being benched for three games. Yes. So I'd imagine that he would feel better heading into the next game. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, I'm not going to say anything uh, like negative about Ghost because he did, you know, Kyle, you were right. He didn't play great. He did end up getting credited for that goal. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if he can produce somewhat offensively, it'll cancel out some of his stupid mistakes on defense and you know, you're right. It doesn't win any friggin' board battles. And I think that's important to this coach, by the way. That's why a guy like Robert Haig is playing over Shane Goss's bear because he's winning battles along the boards in, in the zone, things like well, that. Let me ask this. If we have a team that has almost, almost three full lines, I mean, we really like our fourth line, but like three full lines that can produce offensively, do we really need to have a ghost in a sense that his defensive liabilities, you know, hurt us so much and the offense barely is there. If we had more issues offensively, I could understand keeping ghosts around, hoping he has his, you know, comes out of his funk. And I say this, you know, I'm not ready to get rid of him for nothing. I'm not willing to trade him just for the sake of trading him. But if the right deal came along, would I do it? Yeah. You know, I mean, at this point, if this team had a better defensive minded defensemen with the goaltending we have that might benefit us more as a team and just let the forwards do what they do so i mean somebody on twitter mentioned a trade and i'm curious to hear what you guys would say would you do shane gossespair for andreas athanasiu athanasiu straight up um i mean i don't straight up one for one I don't. I just don't think. <sighs> Would you do it? Probably, probably not. Okay. How many years does he have left? I, I want to say like two. No, I can look it up look real for quick. A payday, and we can't afford that. You know what I mean? I think this team needs more. Like, if you replace Ghost with a defensive stalwart, well, okay, that's great. That's what we need. Offense really isn't the problem. Uh, I don't think that if we suddenly added a Johnny Gaudreau, we're going to stop scoring two goals a game and start scoring five. I think the team went through a little bit of a rut, which all teams do. I think we brought up new players such as Morgan Frost, and we're figuring things out. Teams have to gel together. It's been a a line jumble for quite a while now. Let them settle in. They were on a four-game streak. The goals will come. The shots have been there. If the shots weren't there and they were being suppressed, I would be worried. But they're not. They're, they're still putting up 30 to 40 shots a game. Eventually, goals are going to go in. And this week is a perfect example of that, especially what they did to Detroit. So I don't think that we need to go get more offense, especially on a youth level, on a guy, on a bad team who is looking to cash in on some stats. Could he be good? Sure, absolutely. But if I'm trying to improve the Flyers, I either want top-end talent or I want defensive talent. That's how I feel about it. So while value might make sense for the two, I don't know if I pull the trigger. I think I like Ghost as a trade chip. 
in a different deal is basically all I'm saying. Okay. Kyle, would you do that deal? It is a thinker. <laughs> Kyle. What the fuck? What in the hell is going on over there? Sorry, dude. I keep muting myself and then forgetting I'm on mute. <laughs> <laughs> Were you talking the whole time? I was. <laughs> <laughs> so after after looking at the deal, um, it, it really wouldn't be that bad. The dude's got 15 points on a horrible fucking Detroit team. Yeah, he's, he's a good player. Somebody's got to put up points on that team. Mantha's out for like that two would, months. That would put him seventh on our team. I don't think he puts up those points on our team. I don't know. Well, he, a lot okay. more talent. Put up more. I will say this. I will say this. He could, but we have so many friggin' prospects. I'd rather see them. I'd rather see like Rustoff or you know Ratcliffe or those guys. You know what I mean? Like we drafted these guys for a reason. And if I'm going to trade Ghost, I want him to be a package to either shed salary and get somebody or just a top-end talent player. But I really want more defensive guys on this team. I don't want to go get another offensive guy. You know what I mean? Like, we have guys. We're looking good. We just spent all that money on Hayes. You know, we got Frost and Farabee are both up here. It's going to be tough to move JBR or Jake. So you're going, you don't want to lose Limbaum. You don't want to lose Konechny. You don't want to lose Couturier. So who the hell are you moving? You're looking at fourth line guys. Raffle and Pitlick. You know, we even like Lawton around here. So, like, where does he fit? Like, it's it's overload. It's at the point where you have too many second line players. Rather make the move for the first line guys. And if they're on your second line, well, then you've got an overpower team. And those are the kind of teams that, like, contend for the cup. While I do like the guy, if we were to make another move where we moved out, like, God forbid, Lindblom and somebody else in a deal and got somebody really good, then yes. Then I make that move for Ghost for an Ethanol for whatever the hell is fucking in the name. so, or I know that's wrong. You know, then I do that deal. But where the team's makeup sits right now, I'm a little hesitant. I don't want to do that. So it's not just about value for me right now. It's about the team makeup. And I just I just feel like it's it's a, it'll become a clusterfuck. Now we're looking at sending Frost or Farabee down or, or something of the sort. Because you don't want to play this guy on a fourth line either. I think I would do it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> my my reasoning is because I don't I don't think Frost is ready for NHL full time yet. If you know I, I think I might have already sent him back down by now because I, I don't think he's looked that great since his first couple games. Um, Farabee's, looked, Farabee's looked better. He could hang around. Uh, at the NAS, you can play center and wing. And this is just, you know, speculation for fun. Um, I, I like the guy. I mean, when I look at this Flyers team, and I know we're saying maybe they don't need more offense, things like that. And, you know, we could say that because the roster's pretty much filled out. Um you know, when when you look at the roster, and we've mentioned on previous shows, maybe back in the summer, right before the season, there's no there's no space for Rupstov on Rupstov on this team, or Vorobiev, or you know, uh, I guess Radcliffe one day will be on the team, but I don't think anytime in the near future, maybe another year or two, because um, I'm not sure he looks right with the Phantoms yet either. Um, I don't know. I'm, I might do something with this guy. Maybe he gets four or five million. 
you know, if Ghost is going the other way, you could absolutely fit that in. Maybe give him three, four years. Um, I'm thinking. Hold that thought, real quick. <clears throat> Excuse me. You got to remember, Nolan Patrick's supposed to come back to this team at some point. Yeah. Now you give yourself even more of a clusterfuck. Yeah, well, I, no, you don't. I don't know why. I don't no, really don't. consider no. No, you Patrick don't. Who are you You're moving free. out? Who are you no, moving you out? don't have. If you move go straight up for Anthony CU, Anthony CU only makes $3 million. Therefore, you free up a $1 million. This Patrick year. only makes. Yes, and that's all you're concerned about. You got to sign both players for next year, among other players, and you have to consider the future where we've already discussed that this team is in major cap issues, especially with how well they're playing. If they were playing but bad, I'm that's a different story. Right, right now, right now, like let's take next year out of the picture, okay? If you were to trade Ghost straight up for Anthony Cia, right? You free up the cap for Patrick to come back and not have to send Frost or Faraby down. You would have to I mean, send Stewart or Pitlick down. That's great. But is this guy going to put up the points he put up with Detroit? Is he going to get power play time with this team? He First, should. Again, with the Red Wings, because they have nobody. They, they, have, they have Mantha, who's out. They have Larkin. And who else? They have nobody. This guy's getting premium minutes. He's probably playing on the like he's not playing that here. Like it's 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 it that when you look at the numbers, it's there. But when you actually try to fit him into your team, who is not a rebuilding team, it's tough to find him the minutes he needs to give the points that he gives. And suddenly it's a little askew. When we got Sammy Kapanen back in the day, he was the Carolina Hurricanes. Like he I've... put up all these points. When he came to Philly, he was on the third line. Like I mean, it, it, we were just that much better than that team that it was hard to. Make the room for him. There was no cap back then, so it didn't matter. But now, I'm perfectly okay with Anthony playing on my third line. That, what's that? That I'd be perfectly okay with Anthony Cu playing on my third line and not having a guy like Ghost benched where he belongs. So if I can get something for Ghost, I'm taking it. But that's not what I want, though. I, I want something better. I want a package that gets me top end talent, not just a. Uh, C plus for a B minus type. I want to. I want to add Ghost and probably a first round pick because we have so many friggin' prospects at this point. We don't really need the pick and go get something else. And you have to. You can't just put the rest of the years, the forward years, out of the picture. You can't do that because unfortunately, as much as good as the team is playing, like them, still not a cup contender. They have not knocked off big teams and important teams and you know they snuck by boston they won a shootout against washington those teams in a seven game series against either of them they're not winning they're not a cup contender yet i'm not ready to pull the trigger and make that move because it's not happening we don't have enough top tier talent especially on defense and that's that's why i'm not ready to do that yet well that's why i don't want to upgrade slightly and and just be and have a clusterfuck on forwards. Remember, defense is a premium position. It automatically gives you a heads up when you're talking trade negotiations. Is he a good player? Absolutely. Would I take him? Absolutely. Would I do this deal? I am hesitant, and that's why. Yes, it might make us better in the short term. That might be we might like him when we first get him, and he has that new guy luck and what have you, and he's talented. But third liner, they don't get as much minutes as he would be getting in Detroit. I think, I think he's, for better. some reason, he's he's playing on the third line right now in Detroit. I he's thought he was playing on the 
Yeah. In the game, I think a game against the Flyers, he's playing I on the third line. I want you to look up his minutes, not what quote unquote line he's on. He's playing 16 minutes a night. Proveral plays like 22. So that's, I mean, that's Proveral plays most minutes on the Flyers. And yeah, this guy's a center though, or a winger. Now the wingers don't play as much as centers. So he's probably not playing PK time, but offensively, there's tell me he's not on one of their power plays. There's no yeah, one else they even have. Yeah, he's playing on their power play. First, first unit. I don't know. I'd assume. And he scored, scored 30 goals now? on a bad team last year. Well, some somebody has to put up some points. I mean, people do pay to go to these games. I mean, so that's... I, like, I'm not comparing him to Carl Hagelin because I think he's more of a goal scorer than Carl Hagelin. But I'm thinking, like, past Elaine Vigneault teams where he likes the speedy winger type guys. And I, I think this team lacks a friggin' speedy winger, man. Well, like, You're I'm thinking, right. like, Jason Zucker, or, and I'm thinking, okay, Andreas Atanasiu. Like, Ghost is not going to go to Minnesota. They don't need a, a, a Ghost. When I look at Detroit, I'm like, this is a team that could trade for Ghost. Um, the other thing I want to mention is, you know, if you're talking about packaging uh, Ghost and a pick for a premium talent, what what premium talent are you going to get for three, four, five million dollars? I think when we come, if we were a legit playoff team, and it's the trade deadline, and we're trying to move, we're trying to get a defenseman. Um, it would depend on who's bad in the standings and who's looking to rebuild or retool, and then you make a decision from there. Um, a team like I don't know the records. I'm just throwing this out there. A team like Nashville or somebody like that who has a lot of defensive depth. Um, it's tough to trade within your own division, but you have to play it by ear. If you say uh, you give them the ghost who's on a team-friendly deal and a pick, those are rebuilding uh, assets. You might be able to get a guy who can help you now and maybe in a little bit of the future. Um, I don't know who that would be, but I didn't know who that was last year until the trade, li- trade deadline came around. It's, it's, I really don't know. But you don't just trade a guy for the sake of trading a guy. You have to see what happens. A lot of the best GMs make their best moves because of opportunity presented itself, not because they fought really long and hard and found the perfect deal and made it happen. You know what I mean? Like a lot of it is opportunistic. That's why you see a lot of players get moved like Jace, Jeff Skinner. Carolina didn't think they were going to be very good last year. They were like, we need to move this guy. He's not going to resign with us. They gave him up for fucking peanuts. He's like, besides Eichel, he's their best, and Darlene, he's their best player in Buffalo. I would have loved to have had him. You will talk about a speedy winger who can score. Jeff Skinner fits that bill, you know? So it, it's opportunity. And why I don't think a, it's a bad trade because Ghost has been shitting. What's his uh, – Anising off or what the hell, hell you say his name? Antheso? <laughs> Just call him double Anthony A. Anthony see you. Yeah, <laughs> Anthony, I He's see you. Good. He's good. He's the top – he's the third best player on the team. Like, the team's that bad. Somebody has to put a point. Somebody has to get minutes. And I do think he's a good player. He's a good young player. But I've also heard they've had issues re-signing him. Like, he might want a shitload of money. And the Flyers can't handle that. You, We've already talked about how bad they're going to be going forward. If we were a cup contender, this is a different story. Because then I'm okay with him walking if it came down to that. I feel like $5 million for Athanasiu is a bargain on this team. I agree with you. But that seriously handcuffs us moving forward with other contracts. Not really, though, because it's only a million dollars more than Ghost. And then other guys We're already come in books. trouble as it sits right now. That yeah. just makes it a million dollars worse. 
I mean, you got you got guys like Frost and uh, Faraby that people want to see on the team. Carl made a good point that you're going to be able to keep them around now. You got more flexibility. Next year, I mean, uh, you know, uh, whatever. I, well, I guess in a scenario think, like this, we can bring up uh, let me think Cap it and this stuff. Way. If they were to suddenly move out JVR, that changes my entire, you know, for like nothing, like we take yeah. no cap back. That changes my entire perspective. That you know, $7 million dollars could go a long way. Yeah, a move like that might have to happen if they do a deal. That would change me. I would agree with you guys immediately at that point. I'd be like, yeah, this would be great. But I can't help but look at the cap number. You know what I mean? And and I know you guys don't agree with me here, but Malone Patrick is going to get some money. He's not going to get you know a huge deal. He's going to get something. They're not going to give up on the number two overall pick of the draft. It's too big of an asset. Even if it means he doesn't play at all this year, they're going to give the guy something to keep him around. And it's not going to be the league minimum. And I do think he does come back. And I do think he gets something. I can't see him getting more than a million bucks. If, if that's his, I think the fact that he was the number two overall pick alone gets him more than that. But he hasn't done shit. And he's a center. And he hasn't look, done shit to deserve it now. This year... But previously, he's shown flashes. He's a center. He never even played on the Phantoms or Juniors, really, because he came right to the Flyers. He looked like he belonged. He's shown enough flashes where I think the Flyers are too scared to move on for him or play hardball. Because if he goes somewhere else, they'll gladly take him. I mean, you could easily say the opposite and like, okay, I mean, and it sounds like, you know, uh, you know, a jerk thing to say, but it is a business. if if I'm the Flyers, I'm like this kid's got headaches and we don't know how to fix it. I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him money to stay here. I'm gonna give him years. Why? So I can pay this kid to uh to to hang out in the press box, whatever. You know what I mean? It, it in the end, it's a business. You're not just gonna throw money at a kid and say, hey, stick around for a couple of years. It's well, gonna be because you, you you had flashes of being okay, but you missed an entire year because of headaches. If he misses an entire year, it's a different conversation. And but even still, I still think they try to keep him around. However, Jim, you are right. It is a business, and they do have to play hardball to an extent. Yeah, I think they absolutely. Will. I mean, they definitely know their cap situation, and they're going to use that against them. I think. But I'm, no, 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 they they have to. They they have to. They I mean, it'd be stupid not to, because they do this in arbitration. It's a player they like, and they have an who doesn't have headaches, and they go to arbitration, and they really just shit on the guy. It sucks. But it is what it is. Yeah, I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, "Hey, Nolan, like, uh, you know your history. We know your history. We drafted you second overall. You know, we want you to come back, but we want to make sure when you come back, you know, you're ready to come back. So sign a, you know, one year, one million dollar. Let's see how it goes, deal, and let's fucking see how it goes. I I don't see any hurt in that for either. I mean, for Nolan Patrick, if he wants to argue and say, "I want a three-year deal, two million dollars a year," you know, so that I, I, you know, I can make sure that you know, my future is, is certain for at least a couple of years. I could understand I mean, that. Don't get me wrong. I, I would take that in a heartbeat. I mean, you're, this guy's a center. Centers automatically make more than wingers because of what their responsibilities are. $2 million for a center. Fucking Pavel Zaka just got fucking $2.5 million, and he's done dick. He's done <laughs> nothing. The guy has done nothing. He threatened to go to the KHL, which I honestly thought the Devils were going to balk at. But, yeah, go right ahead. They paid give the guy three – Three-year deal, making like roughly two and a half million dollars. He was a sixth overall pick of the draft. He's a fucking 
I think he's a he is a winger who's supposed to be scoring, not scoring. But you're telling me Nolan Patrick, number two overall pick of the draft, who's already played better than Zaka in less time, isn't going to make at least what he's making? There's no way. There's no way. And there's another I player. We'll, I, I guess we'll have to see. Well, there's another player who has had this headache issue who has figured it out. And if I'm – what's his name's agent? If I'm Nolan Patrick's agent, I'm bringing this up. It's doable. What pisses me off more than anything is, like, why wasn't this information disclosed before we drafted your ass? But kind of get it. Guy wants to get drafted. Does, you know, but I do Nolan think Patrick's only some- scored five and six more points than Pablo Zaka the last two years. And, and how many less – and he's barely played. Zaka's not really hasn't missed a game, but Dolan Patrick has. Let me see. Hang on. Fifteen minutes, thirteen minutes. So Patrick played seventy-two. He's played one hundred and forty-five games, and he's got sixty-one points. Let me look up our boy, Pavel. He is bad, that guy, by the way. But I'm saying he's a third-line player on a very bad team, making over two point six, two point six five, something like that, for three years. And he's a winger? Pavel's played like 15 less games and has 10 less whoa, points. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Pavel Zaka has not played less games than Nolan Patrick. In, the, in, the span, in those two years, the span of oh, those two okay. years. Oh, okay. I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to say. I was career. Yeah, he's drafted he's a couple years earlier. Yeah. But in, in 17, 18, 18, 19, he's played 15, 10, 15 less games, 10 less points. Zaka has? Yeah, but so Zaka's played 15 less games, 10 less points, yet signed a three-year. How, can you look up his contracts? I know it's like two point something. Yeah, I can look that up real quick. It, you're telling me that Noel Patrick isn't entitled to this as a center compared to a left wing, as a center on a better team? I mean, Zaka still doesn't have headaches, though. That's a good point, but I want to see what the difference is. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Kyle? With that, with that well, let me ask you this. Would you rather have a guy with an injury history who's actually good or a shit player who's there all the time? I mean, you don't really have to take I'll take the point. shit fucking player who shows up. I completely disagree with you on that, 100%. I'd rather have Peter Forsberg with the bad ankle than fucking, you know— <laughs> Brandon Somick, who's a fucking third, fourth line player who sucks dick. I would never take that deal. Wait, what am I looking up here for contracts? Pavel Zaka's current, his new contract. He signed it this offseason. Okay. He's making 2.25. 2.25 for three years, right? Yeah. All right. It's less than I thought, but it's still over $2 million. It's two and a quarter. And you're telling me you're going to get Nolan Patrick on a one for one million. First off, if you take less years, that annual salary needs to be higher. And you're only going to get him for one million? Uh, the headaches got to factor in somewhere. You got to think the headaches factor they in. They factor, for sure. Zach is healthy. It's like, all right, we'll pay three. He's a normal player. Right now, Right now, I don't see Patrick as a normal player. I see him well, as— Well, let me ask you this real quick. How many goals has Zach scored? Because he's a goal scorer. That's what he got drafted uh, to. He got drafted to score goals. I X'd out of it. He stinks, Pablo Zaka. Sixth overall pick, he stinks. The point is, he ain't scoring goals. He should be on the top line. On the he should be the right wing. It should be Taylor Hall, uh, Heisher, or whoever the fuck, and him. The point is, he doesn't score, and he's still making two and a quarter for three years. And Nolan Patrick, who's the center, mind you. It, you're telling me he's going to sign for a one-year, one million dollars? 
And if his thing is, well, we'll walk. There's so many other teams that will line up to deal, literally deal with that headache. Because it's free. It's like nothing. I think the Flyers are in a position where if Patrick wants to walk, they should let him walk. Be perfectly honest. Do you really see them doing that? It's a number two overall pick of the draft. No, I don't see them doing that. But if that's what he wants to do, like you literally just said, hey, if a headache wants to walk out the door, dude, be my fucking guest. You know what I mean? Not only that, but if he walks, then he can't play in the NHL next year. Which yeah. actually goes to the Flyers' um, bargaining chip. Like, you want to be um, – the hell's his name from Toronto? Nylander? You want to be like that? You want to not play a year? So I do think that's in their pocket. I also think he knows that, though. I don't think he's going to come to the table and say, pay me this or I'm not playing or I'm walking because he's still a restricted free agent. That's not happening. Yeah, However, there's going to be that. a realization. You know what I mean? And – I, I do hope shit gets resolved, man. I really wanted to see him play on this team. Do you really think he doesn't play the year, the whole year, though? I don't know. I, I mean, you, you keep seeing stupid stuff like, oh, he's skating this morning or he's doing a little bit more. Uh, he, still, he still hasn't been cleared by doctors as of, I think it was the 30th I saw that, the last day of November, which was a Saturday. I saw the report. Good day. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, still not cleared by doctors. He is doing a little bit more skating around, though. Doesn't look like he's going to play anytime soon. You know, I think he's still experiencing some form of migraine or whatever. I I, I don't know. What are we in? We're in December now. We're um, 20, 26, 27 games into the season. Before the season started, I, I didn't see him missing 27 games in, to start the year. So Good point. I, I don't know, man. I really don't know if he's going to come back this year. Wow. And if, if they continue to play well, I don't know if they should rush them back either. Here in, you're, you're absolutely right about that. And here in the number 27 games, it's like, wow. Yeah, you he know? missed a lot of time. Yeah. I mean, I, even still, I feel like he – I don't know what they do contract-wise. He's got to play this year. Like, come on. You know what I mean? I, just for the sake of our argument, he's got to play and see what he gets. <laughs> he, doesn't play, he doesn't play at all. That's like uncharted territory at this point. Like, I, I really don't know. I don't like, lose the – Second pick of the draft for nothing, who's supposed to have all this, you know, potential. Sixers bullshit, where their top pick doesn't play for a year until... uh, He did. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, Embiid missed, like, two years, but when he played, he's fucking awesome. (laughs) Come on. You can't compare Embiid to Nolan Patrick. I can't. You're right. Although they are both centers. (laughs) But I'm sick. (laughs) Oh, my God, Christ. Is that the fucking name of the episode? shot. Let me write that down real quick. Duncan. But however, you are right about that. It's tough. You guys make good points, but you can't help but know it's it's tough. We've seen a lot weirder shit happen, and a lot like Zaka is a perfect example of a guy who got paid, and you look at his contract, and you're like, what? But at the same time, you look at Patrick, and when he has played, does he deserve that contract and more? Absolutely. But with the bullshit we're putting up with, does he deserve anything? No, you got to prove that you need to play. So where's the middle ground? And I don't think one year, one million is the middle ground simply because of two reasons. If you're going to go low on the years, you have to go more on the salary. But you're going low on both. That's tough. If you want one year, you got to pay him more. Flyers in a contractually strapped situation because of buyouts, because of guys like Niskanen, who I actually like, but he does make a pretty penny. 
you know, we signed Hayes. We you got to sign all these other guys. We got all these guys coming up. It's tough. It's it's going to be really interesting, especially if he doesn't play. I really hope he plays though. However, they got to make a move because I really like Frost and Farabee up here. And you guys are talking about adding another forward for Ghost. Why don't we add a defenseman first, then trade Ghost? That's the thing, and it's a good point that you brought up right there because I I, I got to be honest. I mean, that trade was fun to talk about, but I'm happy with the Flyers carrying seven defense. But I don't think they can trade Ghost right now because you you need 70. You know throughout the course of this season at least one person's going to go down. And if they move Ghost, Bring they're going to be McDonald. fucked. McDonald. Huh. <laughs> Where's he at? Is he in like the Swiss League or some shit? I don't even think he's playing. Last I heard McDonald, he was trying out for the Flames, and with all their defensive issues, and he's still not with them. <laughs> he must have been pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. He's he's yeah. Give him a call, Kyle. You got his number, don't you? I'm sure. You, I'm sure with all the num- would, all the connections you got over there, you probably could get his number. I probably could get his number, but well, if, I, if he loses my phone, I'm gonna smash it. Here's the thing. <laughs> Kyle's got connections with. AHL players, and so he should have McDonald's number because he's not an NHL player. He's he's second tier. He's bush league. He's terrible. Make that call, man. Make that call. Andy <laughs> McDonald will be on our show I'd by the end of teaming him back, and he hasn't even been playing. Dude, if you guys really want me to try to get that dude on the show, I will. Yeah, I want I want Andy McDonald <laughs> on the show. <laughs> I don't because it couldn't be respectful. That's the one player I, I just couldn't. I'm like, hey, you're a nice guy, but why are you so fucking bad? You will not. You will. You will not. You will respect that man. Everybody what? likes the guy. I can't be mean to him because nobody will ever come on our show. Today is December second. Kyle, will you really try to get Andy McDonald on our show? I will. Miss. I will give it. I will give it my all. I will miss the show. <laughs> If, if you cannot succeed by by 2020, then just forget about it. We'll give you're you like, one. You're going to be like, Andrew McDonald, really appreciate you being on the show. Jack couldn't be here today. Why is that? Because he couldn't stand and talk to your bitch ass. <laughs> Jack said you're a jerk. Actually, you're no. least of it. <laughs> All right, so 19 days. I'm sorry, 29 days left in the year to get Andy McDonald. Oh, and if, if you can't get him in, in – December, just forget about it, because we want him, but we don't want him, you know? I never wanted him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would look forward to... Really... Want to hear something funny? You guys yeah. want to hear something funny? Sure. What do we give up to get Justin Braun? Andrew uh, McDonald. I can't remember. Well, what were the draft picks? A two and a three. That's exactly what we give up to, to get Andrew McDonald. I'm not going to be able to get him. He has a contract with SC Burn in the National League right now. Who? SC Burn in the National League. South Carolina Burn. <laughs> Burn. It's. I think it's like England or something. England. Oh God, that's terrible. <laughs> England. You mean he's not playing for the Swiss or for the Finns? Hold on. Let me fucking find out. Jesus Christ. All right, take it easy. Oh, we have Jesus Christ on the podcast. I didn't know. You're always here. It is. Wow. It's a Swiss. It's a Swiss hockey league. Okay, that's a little more respectable. Oh, Jim was right again. Jim may be angry, but he's usually right. <laughs> All right, let's move on a little bit here because uh, there's some more guys that I want to talk about. How about the Flyers goaltending? Like, soon. 
outstanding this past month, with the exception of maybe a couple games, you know. But uh, do you put that on the goalies or do you put that on the defense? Yeah, the games where they they looked bad, it was because the team was shit. I think the game that comes to mind for me is the Florida game. I think somebody got pulled in that one. I can't remember who started. Um, But what also sticks out to me is, with the exception of maybe uh, the last two games, you know, the the goaltending hasn't really stood out, stood out. Like they haven't, like specifically Carter Hart, he hasn't made, he hasn't had to, and I think we talked about this last week a little bit, Jack, with uh, Tom Fody on the show. He hasn't had to make that brilliant, you know, uh, you know, uh, game saving save things like that. Cause he's been in position, like he's really quietly played exceptionally well. Well, that's that's just it, Jim. What we talked about was Carter Hart is more of the Brodeur type of goalie, maybe even more reserved. He's not Dominic Hasek. You know, he's not going to be – he's so positionally sound that when the – you know, he makes a routine save – or he makes a, a really good save look routine because he's in the right position. Where guys like Hasek would be – you know, flipping out, throwing out their pads at the last second, doing it. Tim Thomas was good for this too. He would like spin around in the net and all this stuff. The puck would hit off the back of his helmet and thing because they're not in position. You're not going to get those saves from heart unless they're a, you know, a cross, a cross ice pass. And he's got to flip out his glove. Hearts usually always in, and even Elliot to, to this matter. They're usually in position to make the save, to let the puck hit them so that they don't get scored on, and they're always where they should be. There are some anomalies, obviously, the puck going off the Hart's helmet in the um, Florida game, but for the most part, they're where they need to be at the time they need to be there. So it doesn't look flashy. They're not flashing the pad or flashing the glove because they don't need to. Where guys like Dominic Hoshik were you know, doing somersaults. And that goes to their credit. They're where they need to be at the right time. They haven't been perfect, but I would say if this team has been pulled, let's say a goalie's been pulled five times, four of those times, it's because the team has been playing poorly and the coach is trying to send a message to the team. Other than that, I think that Hart has been as advertised. He's had some rough patches, but he's been as advertised, and he's only going to build from here. Remember, he's 21 years old. What 21-year-old goalie do you know who's played this well? Not very many. That sh- that list is short. So when he does have a you know a rare mistake, don't kill the guy. He's just learned how to drink a couple of weeks ago, so give him a break. On the other hand. Elliot as a backup has been fantastic. I cannot remember a better backup. Yeah, Norworth was great, but he was super injury prone. But Elliot has stood in whenever he's needed to. He's been fantastic. Actually screwed me over in fantasy because I was ready to start hard against um, who they just beat, Montreal. And Elliot started. And you know what? They won that game. And that shit ain't happened the next last year or the last. Yeah, year. if you would have. If you would have told me through November, both of our goalies would be carrying the team in the fashion that they are, I would have told you you're fucking nuts. Especially after last year. That's a good point. Especially after October. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right, because Elliot got pulled in Pittsburgh and Hart got pulled like three different times. That's a good point. And then you go back to last year and our eight different goalies, two of which wow. were Elliot and Hart, by the way. You know, it's fantastic. You can't ask for better. And I'm at the point now where I hope Elliot maybe re-signs next year for cheaper because who else do we got? I don't think any of the young kids are ready. No, I haven't I haven't checked up on any of them. But I did see our boy Anthony Stolars just got caught up to Anaheim. Oh. Did he really? Why? Yeah, he, I don't know. I just seen it well, the other, uh, yesterday or today. Somebody's got to be hurt because they got Ryan Miller and uh, the best one of the best goalies in the league. Yeah. Well, Ryan Miller's like 82 years old, so of course Ryan Miller needs a couple days off. Yeah, listen, when he was 22 years old, he was made of glass. All I know is Gibson better not be hurt. I love Gibson. We should talk trade after this. Uh, I think we're playing each other this week. Do you want him for real? I don't think we are, but I do want him. We definitely are, and I'll trade him to you. You know what? All right, fine. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Jim brought up a good point. He did text me that Brian Elliott's save percentage is 0.9.26, and it hard is 9.27. That's for the month of November, though. Yeah. You didn't tell me that, Jim. Sorry. Yeah. This you said month. I got to piss. Keep That's going. That's what we were fucking talking about. <laughs> yeah, month of November. Good call, Kyle. <laughs> However... November has been a shit month for this team. For so these two goalies have been playing that well. I will take that. And they played a lot of games. And I don't think that they, they played like shit teams the whole uh, month either. I think they played a decent amount of good teams too. And like I said, going back to their goal differential, seeing the fact that that was in the green at all is mind-blowing to me. Because they've never, in a Haxel error, they've never been that good. Even during their 10-game winning streak, they've never had a, positive goal differential and a lot of it goes to the penalty kill and this these goal this goal tending tandem i mean you can you factor in that that beat down by Pitt where they lost seven to one you know if that game's a little bit closer their, their goal differential is a little higher i mean i know you can't take that back but you know that a beat down like that they haven't really had i mean i guess the detroit game kind of cancels that out that's the only blowout that kind of sticks out to me uh, they put up a couple goals against Carolina, I think, last week, but not really too many beatdowns. New Jersey comes to mind. Mostly close games for the Flyers, which I think is going to benefit this team, you know, come come later on in the year because a lot of these games they've they've been challenged with. They they haven't been getting blown out themselves. They've been in every single game. I think, you know, maybe we're starting to see it already. I don't know. I mean, they've played teams like Columbus, Montreal, and uh, uh, why can't I, and Detroit. Um, but I think, you know, maybe later on in the year when they do play the Capitals again and the Penguins and, uh, and the Islanders, I think these games, you know, they can learn a couple things from these games and maybe, um, you know, they, they come out with victories in those games later on in the year. We're, we're coming up on almost an hour already. If you can believe that, um, there's a couple more points I wanted to bring up here. Uh, I have down as another positive Ivan Provorov really, really making that contract look pretty damn good. Four goals and six assists in November alone. For the year, he already has four power play goals. Kyle, you mentioned earlier in the show. I'm, I'm sorry, before we got started. What what was that stat that you said about Ivan Provorov and power play goals? Oh, he leads the league in power play goals. And I, I think that's really 
that's huge because a lot of people were against him playing on the top power play unit on this team. You know, most most people were in favor of Shane Gossespierre playing. And, you know, not to knock any of those guys or Shane Gossespierre because I think a lot of his value comes from playing on the power play. But it's hard to argue right now with Ivan Provorov's numbers and the way he's been playing in the last month. I'll be honest with you, Jim. That being said, before we get too far away from that statement, uh, leads the league uh, in defensemen in power play goals. Not leads the league in power play goals. Okay, leads defense in power play. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Seriously, I was one of those people who were like, I don't know that Provorov should be on that. I thought he should have been on the second power play unit at the time I had said this, and I wanted to see more of Sanheim. However, he has really come around, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. And you brought up earlier about ghosts. Like, oh, is that a um, confidence kind of goal? We were like, no, that was a bing, bang, boom, you know, lucky goal. However, what Provorov did against Montreal, if Ghost scored that kind of goal, then I would have been like, yo, he's back. But yep. it wasn't. That was Provy. And, man, he looked like the seventh overall pick of the draft in that play. My God, that, that was my favorite play of the season. This oh, play. my God. We didn't even talk about the Montreal game, really. And it, that could that's like a top – dude, I think that one top play of the day on uh, SportsCenter or ESPN or some shit that day. Easily I mean, the day. Probably the week. Month, maybe. Year, no. But, like, <laughs> it was – it was fantastic. You should be like, yeah, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this shootout shit. All right. I'm going to end this shit now. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Was that Carrie Price in that? No, I was Kincaid. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, that makes sense. Yeah, so he much beat sense. him. He beat him pretty good. Yeah. Uh, however, the move he made where you see that puck go between his legs, purposely hit off the skate the way it did. And then to go directly to the net where the other defenseman was like, oh, he's going around the net. Oh, shit, he's going in and have no shot at it. And then to score the way he did and end overtime, that was absolutely fantastic. I had people who don't who really just kind of check in with the Flyers text me and be like, what the fuck was that? What did I just see? That's Ivan Provorov. That is what Kevin Shattenkirk hopes to be. Yeah, you know, he was <laughs> – fantastic i mean especially against the team that i told you i believe if we are only on the bubble or we're not we're not in it with the capitals and the islanders or whatever the montreal canadians are going to be right there trying to make that playoff push we've beaten this team twice now we've only given them one point i believe Did we i think we beat them in regulation the first time we played i'm not sure no i think oh, that was overtime as well Coots was it really them. yeah all right, well, that sucks giving them two points. However, we've taken four points from them, yep. and that's important. And that's that's going to add up at the end of the year, and they're going to be right there. I'm telling you, they're, they're this is a team that goes for it every year, so if they think they're somewhat close, they're going to add, and we need to we need to outdo this team. And the fact that we got two wins over them in dramatic fashion is fantastic, especially that goal with Provorov. And... Like you said, Jim, is that a a, a confidence-building goal for Provorov? Fuck yeah, it is. Has Goose had anything like that? No. no. Could you imagine with as good as he's playing for him to get even more confident? And, and I think he's. I think we're starting to see, you know, like the evolution a little bit of Ivan Provorov. And I, I think a lot of 
I mean, I'm sure like he worked hard. Don't get me wrong. He deserves a lot of the credit. But this is what bringing in a guy like Matt Niskanen can do for a guy like Ivan Provorov. Allow him to play his game offensively. I, I'm sorry. Ivan Provorov playing with a guy like Shane Gossespierre, he has to worry about so much other bullshit besides playing his game. A guy like Matt Niskanen is allowing him to play Ivan Provorov's game. That's a really good point. And we had we had said that before, but to actually see it in practice is true. When he was with Ghost, Ghost was the offensive guy. He was the defensive guy. And we it was good for a year. But when you realize Provorov has more to offer, you can't do that. So suddenly Ghost sounds more expendable. Because you have Sanheim. You have Provorov. You have Myers. Do you really need a guy like Ghost at this point? No, you don't. No. I think you got your three offensive guys. You add three either responsible or two-way or defensive guys, Niskanen and whoever else, you know, for Hag and Braun for this year. But going forward, maybe get some more defensive stalwarts. All of a sudden, your defense is pretty set, and they all make sense. I don't know. And suddenly, I don't. It, what we trade goes for is up for debate. The fact that we should trade the guy is becoming more and more clear the more that Sanheim, Myers, and Provorov break out. I agree. Kyle, you have anything you want to add in on the play of Ivan Provorov in the month of November? Nah, the guy's been fucking phenomenal. And the fact that there's still people that don't recognize it, it, it makes me feel like Ivan Provorov's going to be the Sean Couturier of defensemen around the league. Well Nobody's going to fucking give him respect. Nobody's going to fucking bring him up when they're talking about the Norris or anything, regardless of what the guy does. Not saying he should win the fucking Norris or whatever, but maybe one day he should be in the fucking running. But just jot that I feel down like he's just going to be disrespected. Him and... Giroux, Couturier, all of them. It must be a flyer thing, man. It really must be. Oh, so after what happened to Giroux a few years ago, it's definitely a flyer's thing. Absolutely, I mean, it's a flyer's thing. Snubbed for the heart. Doesn't even get a fucking nomination. If you trade his name with Sidney Crosby and you say what he did that year with scoring all those points and scoring a hat trick in the game to make the playoffs. His name is Sidney Crosby. He wins the heart. Drew doesn't even get nominated. So it is definitely a Flyers thing. And you may, yeah, you make a good point. I do think if the, if the Flyers like shed some dead weight and get really good in both the next two, three years, Provorov should be a finalist for the Norris. As much as like Niskanen, Provorov is still young as fuck, man. How old is Provorov? 22, 23? Yeah. He's a young dude, man. When he's like 26, 27 years old, dude, he's going to have figured it out. He's going to know when to pinch, when not to, what to do, what not to do. He's going to be phenomenal. You and, know, another another thing after this month, though, that fucking contract is looking better and better and better. I love it because it's under $7 million when we heard 8 and it was like, whoa, pump your brakes. I love it because people shit on the Konechny contract. And that, he leads the team in points, I believe, and yeah. pretty pretty close in goals. So that contract looks great as well. So all those non-Flyers fans trying to look into 
what we're doing and have their comp, their uh, opinions can go fuck themselves because they don't know what's going on. So the fact that the 2015 draft is looking fantastic is awesome. And it's a, it's more about adding to this team with little pieces, shedding the dead weight, having the goaltending do what it's doing. And before you know it, man, we're not talking about being a bubble team. We're talking about being a, a contender. And that's all I could ask for. And we need to because we spent all our money. And that's what I'm a little concerned about. But if they do it right, they could pull it off. That's kind of the sense I got during the offseason. And, you know, little by little, guys are coming around. Because um, they didn't really – I mean, Kevin Hayes was their big splash. And, you know, money-wise, it was our big splash. And, you know, player-wise, it – we weren't really that excited about him, you know. Um, he's more of like a complimentary, and don't get me wrong, because he does a lot. A lot of things that people won't see on the stat sheet, but complimentary in the way where he, you know, you'll see him out on the penalty kill. He can play power play. He, can plays, he plays the tough five on five minutes, um, you know, and, and they kind of really banked on guys like Ivan Provorov and Travis Konechny earning their paycheck. Um, you know, Sandheim still has to come around. Myers has been up with the team. We're seeing guys like Farabee and um, Frost now with the team. You know, they, they banked on these guys really coming through and and sort of being their star acquisition during the offseason. You know what I'm trying to say there? And, and so far, we're seeing it. Um, you know, I mentioned Farabee before uh, we get too long in, into the show here because I think we're over an hour. I wanted to bring up a player... Uh, who goes by the name of Scott Lawton. And since he's come come back on November 23rd, 2019, he scored two goals in back-to-back games. But where I think he's really helping this team is, you know, guys got moved back to their regular positions. Their reg- and they're playing on lines where they can produce more. Jake Voracek. Um, we're seeing guys like Faraby produce a little bit more playing with Hayes and now Lawton. Um, it's opened up the roster a bit for, for guys to play and, and produce Kevin Hayes, three goals and an assist since Scott Lawton's come back. Joel Faraby has four assists in the games. Lawton's been, Lawton's been back. Jake Voracek has two goals and five assists since Scott Lawton has come back. Holy shit. And that's amazing to me. And I'm not saying that Scott Lawton is single-handedly winning this team games. I'm saying his presence on this team, on in this lineup, has enabled people to go back to play with lines where they can actually be productive. And we're not seeing Jake Voracek playing on a third line so that the Flyers can roll out, you know, three lines just to roll out three lines. We're seeing Jake Voracek play with Sean Couturier and Oscar Lindblom, and it's no coincidence playing with Sean Couturier is. You know, uh, it means we're seeing Jake Voracek put up points now. It feels like if you want to, if you want to break out of a slump, you're going to get put on that line, right? We're seeing Claude Giroux, Konechny, and, and Morgan Frost. Konechny still, you know, motoring along. I think he, he still, like Jackie said, he still leads the team in points. Uh, Farabee and Hayes, and this is the key, because that third line is producing, and and games in earlier in the year, maybe even a couple weeks ago, where the Flyers could not finish in regulation. When you have three lines that can put the puck in the net, like we're seeing now, you're going to be really, really tough to beat. And you're throwing you're throwing players out there like Scott Law and Kevin Hayes, Sean Couturier, guys that are tough to score against. Not even mentioning guys like Matt Niskanen and Provorov, uh, defensive players. 
And, you know, you're throwing out goalies like Carter Hart, Brian Elliott. I'm excited about this team. Uh, Scott Lawton, I think, is is a crucial, crucial part of this team. When he was not in the lineup for about, I think it was two weeks, it seemed a little bit longer, this team struggled a little bit. You know, they were calling guys up like Vorobiev and Rupsov. I think even Frost is up here as a product of Scott Lawton not not playing for a little while. Um, it, I don't think it's coincidence that this team's winning games. Three lines are scored. I mean, I think even Pitlick's putting a puck in the net, but, you know, uh, three lines are putting a puck in the net on this team. And I don't think it's a coincidence that ever since Scott Lawton has come back, this that's when it started. You know, it's funny. It's, you brought up a lot of really good points. One is Pitlick has been pretty damn solid since he's gotten here. Now, I definitely shit all over him, and I like that. But there's there's a player on every single line that I think makes that line run. And if you want to go with the first line, it's either Drew or Konechny. They each have their own, what they bring to that line. The second line is all Couturier. Whatever line you say is the first line is up to you. The, uh, the third line, I think it's Lawton. You know, the fourth line is Raffle. The third line is Lawton. Say what you will about Hayes. I think he's better on the pe- penalty kill and what have you. But Lawton is such an unsung hero for this team. And ever since we drafted him, he came up, it was whatever. We sent him to the Phantoms, and I remember them saying, like, he's going to be our fourth-line center one day. We're going to send him there. He's going to learn. He's going to do it. He's on the third line, and he just is like this little engine that just makes the team go. He reminds me, and I'm really dating myself to the point where I'm not even alive and I'm watching video, of like a Davey Pullen, the former captain of the Flyers in the, the 80s where he didn't exactly have the Tim Kerr numbers. You know, he didn't he didn't have the Mark Howe numbers, but he was the he wore a flap jacket and played in the playoffs with broken ribs to inspire the team. Like he just does on the third line. Like he just does what he can and he gets the team going. Like who saw that coming out of Scott Lawton when we drafted that guy? Like he's so vital to this team. Like I I just didn't see that coming. I, I love the guy, you know, and there's something on every single line of this team that makes you want to watch. And they're, they're just so good. They're playing so well. And it, it actually looks like they give a shit about each other at this point. Don't get me wrong. Not every single player is made for this, but the fact that they even, they turned Jake Voracek around where he's actually giving a shit for a change. You know, you brought up a lot of good points. The team's playing well. It seems like they're going on all cylinders. There's a lot of players that we don't give a lot of credit to that are really giving life to this team. The goaltending players on defense, as much as we love Provorov, yo, give Niskin in his credit, man. You saw him in that interview. He looked fucked up. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and it was just like, yeah, it's worse than it is, but did we win? Yeah, I thought so. You know what I mean? Like him, Lawton, fucking Hayes – Everybody's pitching in. Everybody's buying in. And I think once we cut a little bit of dead weight, this team could really be something. And they better be because they're right up against the cap. But they could be. It was a difference between <laughs> there's a difference between they should be and they could be. I finally have given up the word should and I'm on to the word could, which means I believe, which it's possible. It could happen. You know? Hopefully they're smart going forward. But let's see what happens, and I 
I can't believe this last week. I, I thought they would have dropped one of those games. The fact that they didn't is it's no longer the Hexel Haxel error. That's what it told me. It's it's officially Vigneault, Fletcher, no more Hexel Haxel. And this week proved it to me because they would have the old regime would have definitely dropped a game or two or a point. You know, they would have lost one and won a lost another in overtime, but instead they won <laughs> all three games. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Kyle. Is Jack wrong? <laughs> He's slurring a lot. <laughs> Am I really? I'm hammered. <laughs> Isn't that bad? <laughs> I only noticed a couple. Good, I'll take a couple. <laughs> Kyle, what do you think of Sky Lawton? Is that what I said? <laughs> <laughs> Scotty Lawton. Uh, he's one of those guys that you can't knock the work ethic ever from the guy. He doesn't stop moving his feet. And I think that when you're on a line with a guy like that, is uh, you don't want to be the guy who allows a goal or misses a one-on-one battle or, or misses – uh, a pass or a puck because you stopped moving your feet when there's a guy on your line that does it the entire time. So I think he raises the play uh, as to what you guys were alluding to. Absolutely. Raises the play of everybody around him, not because he's supremely talented or not because he's a superstar, but because he works nonstop. So if you can just get that, out of everybody, I mean, you win games. You win hockey games on work ethic alone. Can I just say everything I was saying about Davey Poland is exactly what Kyle just said. <laughs> He's the guy who plays so hard and he plays so perfectly that you don't want to be the guy who screws it up. You want to be there when he goes through two guys, you're ready for the pass. That's how Scott Lawton plays. That's what I see in Scott Lawton. Scotty. There's Scott. nobody else on this team when they score a goal. I, I'm not happy for any. I, I'm most happiest for Scott Lawton when he scores a goal. Because I truly believe, you know, not that these other guys don't earn it, but they get a lot more offensive uh, chances, things like that. When Scott Lawton scores, I'm genuinely happy for the guy. You know? Uh, it's good to see. goal. It's usually yeah. a workman's goal. And it's it's good to see them having success. Success. You're mm-hmm. hammered. Jimmy's hammered. <laughs> it's good to see that, you know, having him back in the lineup, this team's playing a lot better than they were. You know, and, and I think it's just because of a couple pieces were shuffled around. You know, but whatever. Wins are wins, and we'll friggin' take them. Having said that, you know, let's kind of start getting ready to wrap up here. The Flyers' next three games this week come against the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Arizona Coyotes, and the Ottawa, the world-beating Ottawa Senators, who apparently the Flyers <laughs> cannot beat. I'm worried about that game, Jim. <laughs> you know, there, there's a couple games here that, you know, at first glance you could easily say, yeah, this could be another 3-0 and week. Toronto's fired their coach. They're, they've been playing well under uh, Kyle Dubas, or, or what the hell is that guy's name? Dubas. Sheldon Keith. Sheldon, yeah, thank you. Thanks. Oh, the coach. <laughs> yeah, the coach. 
Uh, Arizona is playing very, very well under Rick Tockett. I believe they're top 10 in the league in points right now. Uh, that game's in Philly, so you'd, you'd think that, you know, with the Flyers, with one of the better home records in the league, only one regulation loss in 13 contests, you know, that it should be a W, but it's going to be a tough one. They've struggled with Arizona in the in the recent past. And then you have Ottawa at 1 o'clock on Saturday. We know what happened against Ottawa. I think it's two or three weeks ago now. Uh, you know, I'd like to say they come out and, you know, they, they get some revenge there, but I just don't know. What do you guys think? Is it another 3-0 week here or what? Kyle, we could start Toronto is going to be difficult. Arizona is going to be difficult. Ottawa is going to be a revenge game. I think they do to Ottawa what they just did to Detroit. Mm, I like it. It's spicy. I agree with Kyle. I think they beat Toronto because we're going to the game tomorrow. I think they lose to Arizona. And I think they beat Ottawa. All right, so we're looking at a four-point week. No overtimes. Can you believe that? I'm calling no overtimes in these games. I don't believe that. Every fucking game is going to go to a shootout now. Thanks. <laughs> <That's gonna laughs> probably right. Probably right. <laughs> Fuck me. I could see tomorrow night going to an overtime game. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, me too. I can also see the Flyers getting steamrolled in the first two games. No, stop. Negative Kyle over here. I'm just saying. Really bringing down the They mood. don't follow Kyle's keys. They're going to get fucking steamrolled. And the first Kyle key that we know is show up on time. Buzz killed <laughs> Millie over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, another three and a week coming up. You know they've they've looked really uh. <laughs> Everything you guys just said is bullshit. Yeah. Thanks for your opinions, but they're gonna. Mike, what's the video over here with his his opening statement? Everything that guy just said is bullshit. Um, yeah, a lot of positive things to talk about this week. It was a fun show. Uh, what did we say? They're on a six-game point streak. Next week, when we come back, they're going to be on a nine-game point streak. So another great episode coming up next week. I believe we're going to have a guest on. Is that next week? Guest already? on? <laughs> Not guest on. Uh, <laughs> Andrew McDonald on next week, everybody. So in all seriousness, we have I Rush, don't feel very good. We have uh, Rush Joy of Crossing Broad coming on on December 10th. So that's a good show coming up. A legit guest. Thank you, Jimmy. Looking forward to it. Wait, who hasn't been legit? Andrew McDonald. Oh. <laughs> Who'd you think of? That's all I, man, I was talking about. <laughs> I was like, wait. Yeah, well, we're going to get him you on by the end. Yes. Rush Joy made $5 million a year in the NHL. Woo. <laughs> Is that a fact? What? Is that a fact? <laughs> no, it was a question. Uh, I don't know the answer to that question, but I do know that we're going to get ready to wrap up because we're almost 80 minutes in for some reason. It's too long, man. Let's go to 88. No. We did go for a little bit (laughs) tonight. So what do you think? We uh, wrap this baby up and uh, get ready for three more wins this week. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap up, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening, and uh, let's talk talk some hockey on Twitter. Provrov and Shattenkirk, right? I already won that argument, but sure. <laughs> All right, well, we'll think of something different. At the Inacion goes, <laughs> signing off. See you guys.